0: Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary podcast. Uh, Today we're talking about CDF Capital, our premier brand sponsor. Your church matters and so do you. The church is the integral part of God's story for redemption and transformed lives. It is a necessary part of God's redemptive plan for humanity and his plan A for the entire world. And with God, there is no plan B. Since 1953... CDF Capital has helped church leaders like you and individuals like you bring light to the world through the thoughtful stewardship of their capital. CDF Capital is so much more than just a lender. They are a ministry and their ministry is simple to lend money to churches. However, unlike traditional financial institutions, they do so much more. As a ministry, they win when your objectives line up with their objectives and the kingdom grows. But that's not just through uh, the lending transaction. CDF Capital builds relationships with like-minded church leaders to maximize the capital for their churches. Together when we all partner with the Lord to bring spiritual leadership and financial capital to the church, the results are transformational. Join this transformation and contact CDF Capital to learn more about their loan and investment programs today at cdf.capital/unseminary that's cdf.capital forward/unseminary
1: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.
0: Hey friends, Rich here from the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited for today. You know, we don't often have repeat guests on the podcast. In fact, of the 700 plus episodes, there's very few that have come on more than once. Most people come just once. But I wanted to have Kyle back on. Uh, It was a number of episodes, probably 20, 30 episodes ago we had him on. He's at Avenue Christian Church. He was talking about glue and all their lessons but we had this sidebar conversation that I was like oh that's a fantastic conversation if you're willing to talk about it I would love to tell uh, to hear more about this so but Avenue Christian just to kind of remind everyone is a multi-generational church uh, in the western suburbs of Chicago it's a fantastic church Kyle is the lead pastor there Kyle welcome to the show again thanks for being here
2: yeah absolutely rich thanks for having me
0: well, I'm looking forward to this. Tell us a little bit about Avenue. Just bring us up to speed again on that. Tell us uh, about the church for folks that uh, might not remember.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah. so as you said, we're located in the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, church has been around for 60 plus years. I, I came here in 2017 as the student pastor in the summer. And then uh, about two and a half years later, I transitioned into the role of senior pastor. So January 2020, started as the senior pastor and <laughs> have... <laughs> it's great, time, great, a great time. Great time. Great time to start leading a church. And um, it's, you know, I think like every church, there's a lot of transitions that's happened over these last few years. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of health, a lot of growth has come out of it. And uh, it's exciting to see the future that the Lord has for us here. Um, and I, I love the Chicagoland area. My wife, Maria, and I grew up in the Chicagoland suburbs. So uh, we love the area, love the culture, and just love seeing the work that God's doing here uh, in the Western suburbs.
0: So good. Well, um, you had shared on our last kind of after the episode we had talked a little bit about uh the fact that you ended up in your current uh ministry placement uh because of a, an earlier transition, and you were open to talking about that. Uh why don't you unpack that a little bit? What uh you know, what 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 ended up leading you to the place where you ended up at Avenue Christian?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I it wasn't uh, by choice. Right. <laughs> so right. When uh, I was a I was a student pastor, high school pastor at a church uh, in the Chicagoland area from mm-hmm. 2015 to 2017, and it was the about the spring of 2017, uh, I was pulled right. into my supervisor's office with another kind of executive level pastor, uh, thinking I was going to have a conversation about specific roles they wanted me to do for Easter. If I had to go to a, a we were a multi-site church, so was I going to be at the main campus on Friday, somewhere else for Saturday mm-hmm. service? So, you know, I thought that was more of the conversation. And to my surprise, it was, hey, we don't feel like you're a good fit here to lead the wow. youth ministry anymore. So after Mother's Day, after the end of the kind of student ministry year, we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a, a complete shock to me. Um, didn't, didn't see that coming, you know, and, um, it, it brought me to a place of really beginning to find, find my identity in Christ again. I know we say that a lot Mm. as like Christians Mm. and as leaders (laughs) in Christian circles and churches that are identity in Christ, but, um, it was clear that a lot of my identity was, was found in being like this, this youth pastor Mm -hmm. and being in ministry and being successful. Mm -hmm. And um, even over the course of those last couple of years of the church, seeing up into the right movement um, Mm -hmm. in, in the ministry. And um, it was really hard just to hear that, like, Hey, you're a good youth pastor, but you're just not a good fit here and not Mm -hmm. fully understand that. And so that, that really began that journey for me of, Processing that pain, figuring out what my hmm. identity is, beginning to think about transitioning—all in the in the realm of—I have a wife at home, I have two kids under two, and <laughs> I have to like wow. provide for wow. them uh, nice. in a very short amount of time because time was ticking at that point.
0: Wow. So let's. There's a lot we want to unpack here. There's a lot I'd love to talk about, and I appreciate you being willing to kind of talk through this because. You know, there are for sure people who are listening in who are, have been through this Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's a, in some ways a normative part, but man, you never think it's going to happen to you. And so I really appreciate you being willing to talk about that. When you say it was a surprise, unpack that for me. Was that like, what were there, were there any signs or was it completely out of left field when you kind of, now I realize at the moment there's the shock of like, oh my goodness, what's happening Uh, Mm -hmm. But when you look back on it now, years in in kind of hindsight, what did you see? What do you see looking back on that moment? Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, you know, I've been at the church my first year. I had three different supervisors. Mm. Uh, People hired me then were not my supervisor. And then I had a Mm. new supervisor that first year and then he ended up being let go. And so Mm. I was on my fourth supervisor. And the The expectations that that supervisor had of me or my the junior high pastor who worked with me uh, were very different than the expectations that the other supervisors had of us, the other executive mm. level pastors had of us. And so, um, I think for those first three to six months of working for for him, it seemed like things were going well. But then, um, slowly, began to see some of those you know they call philosophy of ministry differences or Mm. mission vision felt like it was a little bit off and um, just Mm. expectations weren't clear. And so probably in January, February, we began to have those conversations of like, okay, what's a win for ministry? And what does this look like? And we really started to dive into that. And I began to realize, okay, we don't see eye to eye in everything. But to me, these are not necessarily like essentials for leading student ministry. So, okay, Mm. if you want me to do this instead of doing that. Um, uh, okay. We can, we can try that and see what happens. Um, and so like those, those conversations had started to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and so to hear that maybe I'm not a good fit in the long run, isn't as surprising as probably how I felt back then, um, but mm. for it to happen so quickly without like an extended amount of time to like evaluate and talk about it and say, oh, well, well, let's right. talk more about this. And let's have some deeper conversations about this. And how does this fit within the realm of our entire student ministry, within the realm of our church? And um, those conversations just, they, they never got to take place prior to that firing. Um, right. And that, and that was hard. Um, but yeah, so there were there were some things then that were made very clear. A unique part of my story that um, is probably different than what a lot of people have gone through um, is that after I had that conversation, it was a week before mm-hmm. Easter, spring of 2017, we kind of kept it on the down low for a while because Easter was coming. Right. It's like, we're, that's what we need to focus on. And so... Within mm-hmm. those couple of weeks, a few of the elders and other executive level pastors found out mm. and they weren't happy with my supervisor about it. And so oh, no, okay, it almost got like taken back. And so oh, wow. they wanted them to have us with a, a mediator in the room, talk through some of these differences, talk through oh, the, wow. why, why don't you guys see, why did you feel that you're at this place to make this decision? Why don't you feel like he's a good fit? Like so then mm-hmm. we had like three or four conversations over the course of the next month where it was very clear that like we were on different sides of what it looks right. like for the student ministry to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. And just even just overall general expectations for me right. as as the youth pastor. And so mm-hmm. it was like in that season where it's like, oh, th- this is very clear. And so at the end of it, it was, I was like, hey, like you've made it clear that I'm not the guy you want leading. I get mm-hmm. it let's continue on with this. This is your decision. You're making it. I respect that. I understand more of where you're coming from. Um, but it wasn't a surprise at that point anymore, you know, cause we had those right. conversations. Yes. So, um, a little bit of clarity prior, but then after that initial firing and then more talking about it, there was a lot more clarity after that.
0: Hmm. Well, that, yeah, that's a good, there's a good insight there around us. If we're on the on the management, the leader side of this equation, um, you know, we, we cannot be too clear. Like we have to be painfully clear, (laughs) you know, candor is kindness, you know, being as clear as if this does not change, I will have to let you go. Like,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, we're not Mm -hmm. there
0: yet, but that is where we are headed. Um, and, and, you know, here is this, Um, here's what I'm saying in a piece of paper that you can take home because, and that's just compassionate because man, when you start talking like that, people's brains shut down. Like they're like, man, what? Like, as you start thinking about how am I going to pay my mortgage? What about my kids? Like all Mm -hmm. the rightfully so though, all those things come to the forefront, but let's talk about like, okay, so let's, let's talk about how you then kind of, what was the internal work that, that had to go on? you, you, I would imagine, you know, like working in any, any ministry position, it's more than a job. It, uh-huh. We have an identity to it that, and, and some of that, or a lot of that is good. Some of that's maybe not so good. Uh, but it's definitely more than, than, you know, you're not punching a clock. You don't become a youth pastor because you want to make lots of money. So <laughs> like, how did you process that at a personal level? What'd that look like?
2: Yeah. So, as you kind of shared earlier, this has probably happened to quite a bit of people. There's some studies, research that have been done that say anywhere between one in three and one in four people in ministry at a church right. will be forced to resign or be fired from mm. their position. Um, so just even in America, 300,000 churches, that's yeah. 75,000 to a hundred thousand people. So like th- this yep. is common. It's a lot of people. Um, yep. It's a lot of people. And so, It just so happened that probably 10 years prior, my youth pastor growing up, um, he'd taken a job in California. He was from the Chicagoland area, taking a job in California. He was there for 53 days, and on the 53rd day, they said, hey, you're done here. Pack up your family of four kids and wife and go back to Chicago. That was it. He didn't get any explanation, didn't get any conversation. and so I remember calling him the day I first found out and he really challenged me and his name's Justin and he's like mm-hmm. Kyle before you think about this is unfair this isn't right whatever he's like what's god trying to teach you how is oh, god trying good. to refine your faith how is he going to try to grow you how is he and I, at first i was like i don't want to hear this from you i want you just to be <laughs> on my side tell me yes. that i'm right and he's wrong <laughs> that i'm smart and he's not and like yes. and he wasn't and I mean, that's why he's been a, a mentor and someone who's spoken truth into my life for years upon years upon years. And so mm-hmm. he's like, whatever now you're learning, you need to write it down. You need a journal, you need to think about it. And so that's how I really began to process just the the, the struggles I was feeling, the pain I was feeling, the remorse I was feeling, the um, mm-hmm. just the anger that was really building up inside of me. I'm a pretty like happy-go-lucky person, always positive, you know, and I just began to see bitterness take root in my soul and those were the Mm. things that like I began just to pour out on paper and then type it on a computer and just like try to make sense of it all in that season and then obviously when we started having these like post-firing conversations about like what went wrong I began to learn more about like what am I passionate about in ministry right what do the things I really do care about the most you know it's like (laughs) your youth pastor, I mean, you want to see kids love Jesus. You want to see students grow in their relationship. Yes. We like seeing a full room. Every pastor, youth pastor, like seeing a full room that doesn't change, but, mm-hmm. um, th- there's more to it than that. So like, what are the things that really I care about the most in ministry and those things I began to really wrestle with and think about, not that mm-hmm. I had it p- previously, but now I was putting it on paper and I was typing it out. Um, and then to your point of going into ministry, like we're not, it, it's just, it's a little bit complicated because, and Carrie Newhoff has written a bunch about this and um, he talks about how when you're in ministry, your work is your church, your, your friends are in your church and your church mm-hmm. is your church. And so when all three of those things are taken away from you, all of a sudden you lose all of those support systems and those close relationships right. that you have. And so mm-hmm. we were wrestling with that and what that was going to look like. We were in a season where my wife had experienced some um, just difficulties in, in labor and deliveries, was still a lot of pain, mm-hmm. and we were relying on our church family, my you know, high school ministry volunteers to like be there for us. Um, mm. like 24-7, and we were we were mm-hmm. having to do doctor's appointments, different things like that to help to help my wife out. And it was just it was a hard season in that regard. So it's like, well, what's what's gonna happen to that support system? Um, right. it, all of those things were beginning to swirl and process. However, I was starting to learn those things about myself and I was starting to see. Oh, this is how I handle stress, and this is how I handle when really I'm dealing with conflict and issues in my own life. And um, the Lord really began to grow um, those things in me and grow those fruits of the spirit um, in me that needed some pain and suffering in order to develop.
0: <laughs> love that, I, you know. I love the that advice from your your mentor. The the you know, isn't that that's like a, a true friend in that moment to say, Hey, stop, uh, you know, stop that. Uh, let's use this to try to, uh, grow ourselves as Mm -hmm. opposed to just go inward and become bitter. You know, I think all of these kinds of moments, right. They have an opportunity for us to either get better or better. Right. And how do we, how do we find that? Talk more about how kind of your own emotional, spiritual depth, um, you know, deepened in this, in this season? Cause I, I think that can be, um, that could be really difficult to, you know, to see that through in a moment like this, where I I think, man, we just go to survival mode and we, and we go back to animal instincts rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe some of those deeper, uh, questions. Talk to me about what what that looked like.
2: No. Yeah. I would say for me, it was the dependency on God was lacking in my Mm -hmm. life. You know, I I was just, uh, uh, you know, six seven years already in student ministry. Everything mm-hmm. grew up and to the right. Everything was Kyle's doing a great job, and we love Kyle. And and it, it was mm-hmm. just you know, uh, we just experienced a lot of quote unquote success in ministry. Um, and so to really see that, um, that I had to be more relying on God and left self-sufficient in the gifts or the Mm. abilities or the skills that God has given me. They're of him. They're not of Mm. me. But to like a small example is just when prepping for youth group nights or preparing for Mm. whatever it was, and even like Mm -hmm. interacting with students, like prayer just was non-existent. I I knew what to do. I had my rhythm. I knew Mm. how to prepare. I knew how to get the game ready. I knew how to do X, Y, and Z. And right. it was like, th- those thoughts are coming from the Holy Spirit, obviously, and those giftings are coming from the Holy Spirit, the powers in the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't like consciously aware of like, God, this isn't going to happen unless you show up. Mm. God, these things I'm writing down or saying in the moment on stage, you know, it's like you, as a as a communicator, you have everything prepared and then you say something like a little bit off, but it really resonates. Like, I know <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit, that's not me, right? right. but right. I just... I wasn't in tune with him i wasn't focused on just being with him consistently in my my mm-hmm. my time with them and so that was huge and that really set mm-hmm. me up um when i did enter into my next ministry position it's like mm-hmm. okay as i prepare as mm-hmm. i go forward as i invest in the students and the leaders and build teams and get volunteers prayer has to be a consistent part of that this Complete dependence on the Holy Spirit for everything that I do has to be a part of just my daily rhythm, my, my consistent mm, check-ins throughout the day, whatever it is. So that was that was a huge thing. It just took away that self-sufficiency that had been there for years, that I can get it done. I, I'm the one mm-hmm. that can take charge my own destiny. And it's like, no, this is all God's. And if he wants to take it away, he'll take it away. If he wants to bless it, he wants to bless it. And if he wants to refine and grow my faith and dependency on him, he'll, he'll do that as well. And so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that to me was one of the biggest shifts that I had uh, and have had in ministry over these last six or seven years.
0: <laughs> Love that. Well, Let's talk about the kind of practical side of it. So this is like maybe the opposite end of the spectrum of that what were there some decisions you made in the early days after or during all that on the practical side that were particularly helpful that you might say to someone who's who is facing this or um are there <laughs> things you wish you did that you that you didn't do that looking back on you're like ooh maybe should have made that call then what just yeah. you know if there are any of those kind of practical things
2: yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you one of each. The one positive thing was what my youth pastor had told me to do was, was journal, was process mm, these emotions good, good. and feelings, get them onto paper and allow, you know, your quiet times in scripture, like spend extra time on it, really journal mm-hmm. what you're thinking and feeling. Um, and, and be more intentional with that. That, that was huge because we do, we have, we're a mixed bag of emotions when something like this mm-hmm. happens. And I needed that. I really needed mm-hmm. that. One one such instance is probably like three or four months into my new position here at, at Avenue. And um, I I taken this position because it was a position where I would supervise someone. So in the back of my mind, it's like, I'm, I'm going to do things the right way. I'm not going to be a, a boss. And, you know, all these <laughs> different things. It's very self-sufficient, prideful. And um, I remember leaving a conversation with that person one day and I was getting in my car And I was and I was like, man, it'd just be so much easier if I could have someone else here, like that I that I know of or whatever. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I'm three months into this new (laughs) position. I'm like five, six months from being fired. And that thought crossed my mind instinctively. Wow. Wow. So then I had to like process that and write that down. And 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 in the moments of processing, writing things down, you begin to meet with other people. I met with Mentors met with counselors, mm-hmm. like sought help mm-hmm. in this. That, that was huge. So, um, th- that, was, that was a big, big thing for me. On the flip side of it, there were things that I, I wish I hadn't done. One of which was I, because in the Chicagoland area, you're still only like 30, 40 minutes away from your church. And for my church, oh, I'm still, still around yeah. people. You're still, um, I had to take like a, a year and a half break from social media. So, those first six months, I was still kind of on social media, kind of checking things out a little bit. Um, And I don't remember when I started. I don't remember when I stopped and and all this. But, like, there was a season where I just got really jealous. I got envious. I would still follow the old youth groups, like, Instagram page and um, see what they're doing. I would, you know, like to hear from former students who'd be like, oh, youth group's terrible that you're not here anymore and that would like feed my ego and stuff like yes. that. Like <laughs> I had to really, I wish I would have, I'm gonna say cut off those relationships, but not seek out that affirmation from them. I still wanted to be in connection with them and hear how they're doing and stuff like that. But I needed to do a better job of just saying like, no, like this isn't time to gossip. This isn't a time to mm-hmm. slander the other church. This isn't a time to, um, for you to, tell me how amazing I am and how terrible the new youth pastor, the youth group is and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. I love you and I care about you, but I, I can't keep hearing these things. So I had to like cut off social media for a season. I had to, um, just, you know, not meet students for coffee or different things like that or leaders for coffee and just be like, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Thanks for checking in on us. And I, that means a lot. And, uh, you know, Hey, can't, can't meet right now. I'm quote unquote busy at church right now but you know like yes. let's connect at some point. I just wasn't in a good space. I wish I had done that better uh, on the onset. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah, I can see that, you know, creating you know, understanding, hey, what is like a healthy boundary there? And that's mm-hmm. probably an imperfect one, but even just thinking about that and thinking consciously about that and trying to make an active decision around okay, what is that? Where is the you know the best place, you know, for those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. interesting. Well, you've put together a book on this that I want to. I want to make sure we're going to give people a chapter to that. We've got a link in the show notes. It's called "Refined by the Fired." Love the title, <laughs> it's a great title. Uh, how to process pain, regain purpose, and persevere after being fired by your church uh, this must've been a painful book to put together. Uh, must've been hard to, wh- what are you hoping, who are you hoping reads this book and who, how do you hope it'll help, uh, in the midst of, you know, what can be really difficult days for people?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean the, the book, it really, it came together pretty quickly within that first year, which is kind of crazy. Cause I never thought I would like Write a book. Once I got done with seminary, I was like, I'm never writing a paper more than 20 pages ever again. You know? <laughs> yes. and so, yes. but in that process of like journaling and typing things out, um, and then at the same time looking for resources, there's right. not really that many like books or resources on something like this, and there's mm-hmm. random blog articles, but there is there's there's really nothing. And so, mm. more has obviously come out over these last five or six years, but at that point, I was like. I want to create a resource for people who are going to go through what I'm going to go through, who have gone what I've mm-hmm. gone through. And I began mm-hmm. then to have more conversations with different youth pastors that I knew that had gone through that or then subsequently went through it after I was let go and was able to talk with them and encourage them. And it's like, I want to do something and have something for the the ministry staff person who had to mm-hmm. resign or was forced out or was fired they need something that they can walk through and utilize, and not only hear my story, but then also reflect on their own story and the, the mm-hmm. work that God wants to do in their life—the the refining by the fired work that God wants mm-hmm. to do. And so, um, um, I'm grateful that you know Morgan James Publishing took a took a chance mm-hmm. on my proposal and and they thought mm-hmm. it was a story worth sharing. And so, um, yeah, primarily that's that's who I'm hoping it reaches is is the ministry staff who have been let go. But, you know, secondarily uh, it's going to be for people that are in leadership positions. I think about Mm -hmm. myself now as a senior pastor, like Mm -hmm. if this would happen, how do I want to work with someone if we have to get to this place? You know, Mm -hmm. what are the expectations I want to be crystal clear about? Like you, like you said earlier, like, you know, Mm -hmm. can't, you know, being, Candid—I can't remember. It was was a great phrase. So, someone go back (laughs) and and hear that. Candor is kindness. Candor is kindness. Yeah, like, how am I clear about my expectations? How am I clear about what is a win? And if things aren't going well, how do we intervene? How do we track progress? How do we right the Mm -hmm. ship? And then how do we gracefully work with someone if it's if it's not the right fit? If it's not going to work out long term, like. How do Mm -hmm. we have empathy and kindness and grace? And and I would hope that, like, because of what I've gone through, I can encourage that in someone else's life or um, help senior leaders then in ministry positions um, have more empathy, have more kindness, have more grace Mm -hmm. when they are having to wrestle with some of these decisions. So that, and then Mm -hmm. even just the people in the church, like when Mm -hmm. you know, I think about the students and families, especially. Like one day I was there, and then the next day they got an email saying that I'm done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like they're like, well, wait a second tough. like it's yeah, tu- yeah, yeah. it's like this is now we're wrestling with like, do we stay in the ministry, do we stay in the church what do, what do I believe about Jesus like this doesn't seem mm-hmm. loving, and all these different things and and so there's even just a little bit in there for them of like, well, how do you evaluate that? How do you maintain or strengthen your faith when you feel like the church isn't acting like the church and um th- those feelings may be valid, you know, and so like how do you wrestle with that and um yeah, so it it can really help the entire church, but it is focused really on that ministry staff person who has unfortunately gone through a firing in their ministry career.
0: Yeah. Do you know, do you have any sense of what percentage of people who go through this experience end up in ministry after that? Because I would my gut says that there's a lot of people who when this happens to them. That's it. Like they They become real estate agents. They, you know, they they end up in some other thing. Yeah, Um, they sell insurance. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. they sell insurance. You take those relational skills and you figure out some other way to monetize them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you fought the odds there. You've ended up in ministry, and for all intents and purposes, feels fairly healthy. You know. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, what's your sense on? You know, it, does it, is it kind of a fatal blow for lots of people?
2: I think it is. I wish there were statistics about it more. Um, I know Barn has done a lot with their statistics about pastors wanting to quit during the pandemic and everything's like that. Yep. Those coming back, I guess like I, I don't know the numbers. I do know this is that if there were issues that you were struggling with or wrestling with while you're at your church that you were let go from, and you do find yourself at a new church, those same issues are still going to be there unless you actually deal with them unless you actually work through them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you experience an unhealthy leadership situation and now you're the leader, if you didn't deal with that, you're just as susceptible to doing the same thing to someone else. You know, like case in point, Mm -hmm. like I said, I thought, man, I wish I would have had, I have someone else here to work for me instead of this person, like three months in. So I don't know what the percentages are. I would say probably more take a, I would say more to probably take a break for an extended Mm -hmm. period of time. For me, um, I just had a strong calling and passion for student ministry that um, was validated by a couple people just close to me, my youth pastor, like, if this is what you feel called to so then you should pursue it. And and it it just so happened, you know, the Lord was working. There were mm-hmm. three different churches in the Chicagoland area that had offered me positions, you know, in the span mm-hmm. of those like couple of months. So it was like, okay, Lord, like you, you still are calling me to this, you know, that, that it's a sign mm-hmm. that like, even though like there's, the baggage of whatever it was I had, I was probably bringing in Mm -hmm. these, these people looked at me and were able to talk with some of the other pastors and staff and leaders there and say, no, Kyle, here's how he's been. He's been above reproach. He's had integrity. Here's what he brings. Here's what he's passionate about. And so Mm -hmm. to me, the Lord really affirmed that in my heart. And obviously I didn't know, you know, having the perspective that I have now, but you know, two years later he was, prepare me to, to be a senior pastor at this church and to be a part of this church community. So, um, I, you know, I, I think you have to be careful about taking a step forward, but I understand if if there are a lot of people who do take breaks, who do something else for a career, do work in some other industry for now, that can be a good thing because it can help them get some good, um, just help and encouragement and Uh, I would say a refocusing on what their identity in crisis, what their purpose here Mm. on this earth is. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. love it. Well, I I really appreciate Kyle. I appreciate you taking time to unpack this and I hope people will uh, pick up a copy of your book uh, before. I think it comes out in January, right? If I'm correct, it comes out January, 2024. Yep. But before then you can actually get a chapter of it. So if you just go to the link in the show notes, just scroll there on your phone, click on that, drop in your email address and, uh, I'm sure then Kyle and his team will loop back around with you when the book comes out. but uh, you can download the first chapter, a great starting point uh, for sure. Anything else you'd like to say just before we uh, we wrap up today's episode?
2: Yeah, you can also pre-order the book anywhere you get books. It's you know it's all the links are there for all the big bookstores, book websites. so feel free to. Do that pre-order. Pre-orders are always great for authors. I'm learning this love as not a new author, so that's <laughs> a good thing. Author, love it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I would say this too, Rich. I, I in the course of these last couple of years, I've come across a couple of organizations that are actively helping churches as well mm. as pastors or ministry workers who have been let go. Um, Mm -hmm. pastoral transitions is one of them in California and pastors Mm -hmm. hope network in mainly in Texas is another one, uh, Mm -hmm. Bill Tom and Deanna Harrison. Uh, they're doing some great work for each of those organizations. And so if you find yourself in that season, you need career coaching, you need counseling, you need resume building skills, whatever it is, uh, two really good organizations I've come across that, um, can be a great benefit to those who have, been fired from a ministry position.
0: So good. That's great. Super helpful. I appreciate you being on the show today, Kyle. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's it's um, website, www.kyleisabelli.com, uh, I-S-A-B-E-L-L-I. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, that way as well. And as you said, our church is Avenue Christian Church, so avenuechristian.com
0: love it. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you being here again. Appreciate it. Take care.
2: Thanks,
1: Rich.
0: Thanks for tuning in
1: to the Unseminary podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.